Will we fight? Will we not fight? Will Cronjongulus hang dong? This week on Hapless Heroes. And uh, the bench does a backflip. End of turn. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco, your host and DM, shepherding you through what is shaping up to be a very crazy encounter. The people dealing with this crazy encounter, you know them, you love them, uh, are surrounding me right now on a virtual screen where we are all staring at each other's faces. One of those people is Dave playing Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening, everyone. Mike is Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. Nicole is Boris the Butcher. Man, things are getting crazy out here. Where's that what 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 statue? What? <laughs> Zach as Pregnart. How do I cast Dong on <laughs> <laughs> my pro, my pregnant voice is not good. Let me let me retake that. Let me retake that. So good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> did you, did you, have a, did you have a frog in your throat? Ah. <laughs> How do I cast the Dong on Cranjongulus? Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. I don't know. He looks rock hard to me. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I'm trying to like, I'm like trying to do something here. And, and now this is going to be, it's his cudgel all over again. Except like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even introduce this. Like this wasn't even my, like Isn't something that you're right. abusing and destroying. It's just, uh, and, and John is Lord Jarrell the light. I really don't want to commit popicide ahead of him becoming Pope. <laughs> is it popicide? Is that what it's called when you murder a Pope? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I guess, you know, there's, 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 we'll find out maybe we'll you know, uh, but right now you guys are in the middle of, we're in the middle of initiative. Um, you have a young, a pair of, uh, young individuals in front of you, a younger version of who you know to be the arch cleric Francis Popeson and the arch cleric Bronson, but not looking like clerics whatsoever in fact looking very much just like wizard like t- just young wizards young well youngish wizards uh and you have them paralyzed currently there was a bit of a standoff between you and then hedrick just went full bore and paralyzed them and you've been trying to talk them down you did try to persuade them Jarrell, um but you know uh you have no idea if that attempt was successful or not seeing as how they can't respond to you so we're going to go back to the top of initiative. Boris, you're a bit closer to what's happening here, and you have some paralyzed individuals in front of you, and it's your turn. So, you know, what's happening? What you doing? What are you, what are you contemplating over here? Oh, yeah. Um, I am... 
Man, these guys are weak humans. I could probably just kill them in one swipe right now. Eh? I definitely have advantage if they're paralyzed. Yeah, it would actually be an automatic crit, too. Uh, and you'd have uh, uh, the, the, the sneak attack. So, I mean, yeah, you'd probably deal a serious amount of damage to one of them if you you know wanted to kill them outright and never ask them a question again. Um, That's not the plan. There is also a lot of shit happening above your head, right? Those portals, those additional portals I remember describing to you are much more pronounced, and there appears to be some sort of, like, protrusion coming from the rift looking like one, that vertical in the eastern sky. You can actually see that some of the Modrons are beginning, in, in their descent, beginning to divert towards those other portals. So you kind of see them starting to almost split off into three different directions now. There are groups within this swarm now going to those towards those portals, and then the rest are still sort of just kind of coming down in almost just a column. Yeah, Boris can't deal with that. She's pretty sure that she's been told not to murder enough times recently that she shouldn't outright murder anybody right now. So Boris is going to choose you, the path of I will say, least violence. Anytime you deal damage to a creature and you reduce it to zero hit points, you have the option to just reduce it to zero and incapacitate it versus killing it outright. Yes. So that option always exists. I'm going to tackle cleric Bronson again because I'm committed. Okay. Well, it, he automatically fails his save as he is paralyzed and you have now tackled a paralyzed person. Perfect. And now that I have him, I'm assuming on the ground and prone. Y yes. I'm going to... I probably can't do this as a bonus action. Do I still have the ability to, like, tie him up? Or would that take a whole turn on its own? No, I think that would take a whole turn on its own. All right. I'm just going to be, like, sitting on him with my dagger to his throat. Literally sitting, actually. Let's go with cross-legged. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would, consider, I would consider that to be a pretty advantageous position for you. Um, and definitely a very unfortunate position for him to be in. Because um, even if you were to break that paralyze, I think that there's a bit of a deterrence for any hostile actions there now. Um, sounds good. I also look very proud and say, I win. <laughs> Quinn. What you got going on? Uh, they're so okay. Um, my confusion didn't really affect. Well, me. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, uh, you know, Bronson, for all intents and purposes, is still confused. Well, true, true, true. He's focused more <laughs> on getting unparalyzed <laughs> before he gets unconfused. Um, uh, I mean, the paralyzed will only last a minute, but you know, there's plenty of stuff you guys can do in that minute before mm -hmm. it ends. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to cast Synaptic Static. Okay, we're going for the we're going for the boom there, now. I've never used this before. So we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> um, you used it once. Have I? Yeah, just I think we've only we've only, we've only seen it once though. Okay. Um so each creature within a 20 foot radius um, must make an intelligence saving throw. So I'm going to cast it. What components um, does this spell require? Just so I'm aware. Yeah, it doesn't require anything. It just requires verbal and movement. Okay, yep. So you're gesturing yep. and you're shouting whatever words you're yep. saying to cast the spell. Okay. Um, so I'm going to... Okay, so the 
the, I, let's see if I can describe this properly. So the motion that he's doing is kind of like a swirl with his hands. Yep. Yep. Um, so like one over the other. Uh, and then um, he just says, um, boom goes the dynamite. And then he uh, kind of gestures toward them. And the sphere will start again behind them. Um, yep. So this will this this will this yeah, and this will catch like part of the structure, but it seems to be like a, syn a synaptic thing. It's an intelligence save, so it's not necessarily like a physical effect. Right, right, right. Um, okay. So, sure. Um, so what they, happens now? They do intelligence saving throws. And what happens when they fail? Like, what is the effect? So is it like, are they assaulted with some sort of like internal like? Like, they what will, is the spell description say? Psychic damage. Yep. Psychic damage. Psychic yeah, yeah. Damage. So you're like mm -hmm. assaulting their minds. Um, and then they have muddled thoughts for a minute. Okay, so I made a save for uh, both. Um, although they're incapacitated, so I think they just ought, do they just fail saves? I'm pretty sure that this count like it's you know I mean it's a mind affecting thing, but um, is it a they are they are incapacitated, just... and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. An incapacitated creature. Yeah, let's see. They automatically fail strength and dex saves. Okay. Attack rolls against them have advantage, and any attacks are crits if that attacker's within five feet. And incapacitated, they can't take actions or reactions. So they still have to make the save since it's not a strength or dex save. Right. Um, uh, and you said, you said it was intelligence. They do actually have a decent amount of that. Um, so we got a 26, and a 14. Okay, 26 succeeds. Popeson succeeds uh, again. Bronson is affected. Yeah. So, um, they take 8d6 psychic damage. Is it halved on a f success? It does no? not say. So I'm okay. assuming none. Yeah. Okay. So Popeson will take none. Target takes on a failed save. Oh, wait, wait. Or half as much damage on a successful one. Okay, got it. Would that have also hit me with my position? No, he he specifically placed it uh, on targets. Okay. Oh wait, no, yeah, you're on top of yeah, you're I'm on top of Bronson. Make that save. Him. Make that save, baby. Okay, I thought so. I did roll it, and I got a twenty-six, so I'm fine. Yeah, you're, fine. you're taking half damage, <laughs> unless you have any abilities that. Um, I think you think do rogues have something that takes that in century? Just if you're taking half damage, you're taking none. Um. Yes, I it's an area. So. Of, it's an area effect. So. Negate damage on success and have it on failure. Yeah. Is it only oh, on deck, deck saves? saves? It's only deck saves. So you're still taking half. Uh, like, I think I have something else that I can. I have something else that I can have. Do you? I could. Well, well okay, I guess I can't really uncanny dodge this. It's not an attack. It's not, it's not an attack. Mm -hmm. Just half damage. Yep. Nope. Yep. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be All okay. right, Quinn. What is it? <clears throat> so half damage is thirteen. Full damage is twenty-seven. Okay. Um, and then <clears throat> Bronson is it? Um, has to roll a d6 and subtract that number from any attack roll or ability check, including Constitution, to keep concentration, which doesn't really affect anything because they're. They're paralyzed at this point. 
Got it. Okay. And then I decide I'll move up another 10. um, And then also I will provide Jarrell once again with some... He's he's been cashing it in, so you yeah, know. exactly. I might as well give it because I can't stack it. So since he's been using it, I might as well keep giving it to him. Um. So. Um, Jarrell, they say it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. I say it's better to light your foe on fire and let him do the cursing. That's pretty good. I like that one. All right. Trail, you are once again inspired. You get inspired all over the place up in this nice. business. Um, great. Seems like a pretty solid turn. I'm going to be blowing my inspiration all on you. Mo- mm-hmm. Moving on to Hedrick. <laughs> it's your turn. Hedrick's going to stay by Jarrell, uh, maybe like a step behind him and to the side, but he needs to keep his concentration on this whole monster. While they're mm-hmm. still paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess, I mean, he still feels like he's a little conflicted as to how damaged <laughs> we need these guys. Um, Hard to say when they can't talk back to you. Yeah. He's going to suggest, I think we should just tie him up first. Jabrell, you don't need to waste these fools. I had no intention of killing them. I didn't even want to harm them. Clearly, our, our resources can be better spent elsewhere. You see that shit that's happening up there? Um, he's going to look over and then see Zero. And uh, he's going to give Zero some inspiration. All right, this is uh, Bardic Inspiration. Uh, what D12. the? D12. D12. Zero Den. War forged with the god inside. Heavy crossbow. Gonna take your life away, yeah. He calculates all the ways he'll decimate. He's somewhat strange, but familiar in a way. In a way. In a way. Needs more 90s. I don't have it in right now. I'm sure it's Excellent. Wonderful. Um, Zero, you are inspired as well. Uh, And we will actually just move right to your turn if there's nothing else from old Hedrick. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is action. He's getting some rope out. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, like, you know, you can can maintain concentration while you, like, yeah, you can could do that um yeah i will so, say make me a to check your not tying abilities i love this intelligence sleight of hand roll uh 18 on the die that's a great knot okay yeah intelligence um Hoaxen is paralyzed and tied up bronson is confused um has had his mind assaulted and is also paralyzed just mopping these little little minions up here. Um, I mean, perfectly <coughs> very important characters. Uh, 
<clears throat> uh, great. That sounds great. Hedrick uh, 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 Pregnart. Hey, buddy. You have an animated statue. You have sure an do. animated bench. Um, they The bench is by your side. The statue, I guess, will take its 30 feet, right, and uh, the rest of its movement to get to you. Yes, it will. Um, I can still command both of them, right? Yes, I believe um, that's kind of how that works, right? It's like you have to, like, yeah, as a bonus action, you can mentally command uh, many of those creatures that you made, or all of them at the same time. You decide what action the creature will take and where it will move. So in that case, I'll just say that the statue is still 30 feet away from you. You can move it wherever you want. They both have a movement speed of 30 feet. All right, so the uh, Kronjongulus, the statue, <laughs> is uh, moving towards us. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he he says aloud, in probably a loud, bellowing voice, Don't worry, everyone. The apocalypse is not going to happen. It's just Pregnar uh, projecting his thoughts through the animated objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what happens with Kronjongulus. Okay, um, great. <laughs> Uh, Pregnart also. Again, Kronjongulus moves to you in like that toy soldier type walk, right? Because the statue was yeah. built with like, not with legs, but with just feet right. poking out of like a chiseled robe. Yeah, I was using Ghostbusters 2 logic with the, the statue <laughs> and I did not stop to think that Fran would try to ruin yet not another ruin. Good idea. <laughs> enhance. I like to think that I enhanced it. <laughs> Right. So now instead of Ghostbusters twoing towards us, it's Toy Story little green soldier guys ing towards us. And assuring yes. the, the populace that the um the apocalypse is Great. certainly not that going to That sounds happen. awesome. I would I and love also... the fact that we're doing more things to call attention to what's happening right here. <laughs> That's great for me. I love that. And also um I'm going to cast Mage Armor on myself. And I'm going to use Quickened Spell to send another message, this time to the other guy, the Bronson guy. And I'm going to say, (laughs) listen to the statue. The apocalypse is not nigh, and we are friends, and you should uh, you should work with us. Okay, again, there, again, there is no response, because... Fine. They are pair... Oh, oh, wait, no, no, it's a mental message. Yeah. Uh, and so Bronson will reply, You are literally assaulting us. We, You will pay for this. Although, this kind of sucks. The whole knife to my throat thing. I won't lie. (laughs) Is what you hear in your head. All right. And then Pregnard says to his compatriots, uh, Wait, is that a reason why we're physically threatening them if we're trying to just talk to them? <laughs> I, I honestly wish we weren't hurting them. Uh, they they did try to stop me from helping them. I think that's the main problem here. 
<laughs> That's the Gerald main says out you, loud. You refused my help, so <laughs> this is what happens when you say no. <laughs> you don't cast another baby boy Javel. <laughs> because of the implication. And uh, the bench does a backflip. End of turn. Great. Now, did so we glad. reach uh, zero on initiative yet? Or, it's um, now your turn. Okay. Pregnar was at 12. You're at seven. Oh, all right. Yeah, I just, I wanted, I, I, when I was looking at the numbers, I had a little bit of a dyslexic moment. But yes, now okay. it is your turn. All right. Well, and then that, and I'm, you know, easily confused and need visual aids. Um, <laughs> but um, it is, um, we get there. So zero pulls up. Um, Reason's still at the ready. So on my, you know, I'll talk on my turn. Um, so working theory, they were here during the foul upheaval. Is there any possibility that the future versions of these people were undead in any way, shape, or form? I'm, I, I, I don't know, really. Uh, I remember using divine sense on Bronson, but it didn't seem like it was really him at that point. Could the Pope have been... And now Jarrell's looking like, again, dumb, confused. <laughs> Look at his face. Just as something that would explain also why they have absolutely no idea why we're doing what we're doing, because they haven't become these people yet, and in fact will not become them for... Looks at his wrist, 160 years. Boris points at Popeson with her dagger, not her hand, um, and says, well, that one was losing lumps of hair last time I saw him. These fellows are supposed to be men of the cloth. Why are they here studying the arcane? Because they haven't become those men yet. They happen to be here during the foul upheaval. They become undead and are repurposed for someone else's uh, purposes. Good wording. Oh, so we're yeah, I, I make word good. <laughs> Pre-puppetry. How, how could an undead creature become the Pope of... Again, Jarrell's got like that look, you know, the multiple, like the pyramid, yeah. the, the Pythagorean theorems all floating through his head and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. So um, I'm just going to cut this conversation short because obviously we're still in initiative. Uh, I went to their turn. And at the end of their turn, they make their saves again against Hold Monster. Popeson does break out of his paralysis. Bronson remains paralyzed and confused and mind assaulted. Uh, and he like, you know, again, he's 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 tied up. So like you see his limbs, he, you see him go a bit slack now, right? As he, he's now he's now struggling and like, you know, um, like resisting this this bondage. Um, Whoa and, there. Whoa there, feller. You, are you treating him like cattle right now? <laughs> Warning him because Zero is standing there with a heavy crossbow feet away from his face. And I have a dagger pointed at him. And this he just starts he, he just starts yelling, Guards! Guards! Should have gagged him. 
Um, that's 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 this turn. So, so uh, Jarrell, it's your turn. <laughs> so, it doesn't seem like Jarrell's um, persuasion did any persuading um, based on the reaction that he still has. Um, yeah. Or it could have, and then, you know, Quinn's mind assault might have changed the tune there a bit. Um, I'm trying to decide if Jarl would just bonk them and knock them out, or if he would, like, use his power to f- try to force them to stop. Yeah, and I will say that, like, obviously, like, you know, like this guy, he's he was crying out. But I mean, like, it's it's literally chaos. People are screaming like there is. You know what I mean? It's just like everyone is very concerned and running around like chickens with their heads cut off because it's there's like, you know, some terror. There is just, I mean, absolute death and destruction. Um, when you look up in the sky, it just doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, there is still like, you know, while while now there's a considerable more amount of noise being made over here and statues running around and benches doing backflips you know what I mean like there are definitely a lot of things y'all are doing to call attention right. to yourselves Jarrell really is going to try this one more time um we can you, I mean I guess because of the fact that your 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 foes are incapacitated we can drop from initiative briefly here and then you know go from there depending on whether you choose to engage and continue combat or not yeah. so say what you got to say stop fighting us you have a giant crossbow pointed at your face and five men looking to... You started this, I want to remind you. We only offered you help if you simply stop attacking us and listen to what we have to say. You might not die. <laughs> Is this like a Han shot first thing we're having here? Like, are you remembering this wrong, Jarrell? No, I, I offered to help them. I pulled out my sword and they attacked me. They attempted to disarm you, and yeah. that is yeah. And then know, because, they also tried to command they me to told stop. You to walk away or to leave, and yep. then and then you drew your sword. Sure, you know, a, yeah. what could easily be in a court of law argued as self-defense. Well, they have as a choice now. They did not now. attempt to kill you. They tried they have, to disarm you. They have it's a okay. choice. It's okay. Yeah. You know, you know, the law is fuzzy. I guess here, Darrell. They, they have two choices right now. Either stop and talk to me or get shot in the face. (laughs) It's it's one of the two. It doesn't sound like a hard decision. My persuasion's only a 17. (laughs) So I'm going to let them figure that one out on their own. You know, I I really want to like to (laughs) highlight like what's happening here because it's like, you know, like I feel like, you know, Jarrell thinks he's acting in in the name of law and order here. Right. But like, you know. When we think, when we, if you think about it, like if you were just to put, like without any other context, right? Like, yes, we know that these people are other people when you've encountered them somewhere else. But like, you know, otherwise, like if someone were to like, you know, as you're telling them, hey, back off and they pull out a gigantic glowing sword, like, are you going to feel threatened? It depends. If they say they're here to help and there's a giant army of Modrons attacking us, I might be like, oh, cool, giant flaming sword, help us. Sure. You look awesome. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't their reaction, though. No, it was not their reaction. <laughs> so now I'm like giving that. them one more chance to just hear me out before my robot 
shoots them in the face. <laughs> what do you want from us? You look exactly like the future pope of a worldwide religion. However, that doesn't happen for 200 years. Forgive me, but I'm trying to piece this together. I'm sorry, you're talking about time travel? You, you people really are crazy. Guards! So why doesn't anybody hear me? I'm telling you again, that robot is just waiting to shoot you in the face if you keep doing that. <laughs> why are you holding us hostage? We're trying, we're trying to, 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 to figure out what's going on here and fix this. And you are actively impeding us from doing it. We just told you to back away and let us handle it. I can say the exact same thing about you. So I, you... We just asked you to back away and let us handle it. <laughs> um, Gerald turns to Zero. Do, do we just leave them? It, they don't seem like any use at all. If anything... Normally, I'm one for pragmatic violence, but we might need to keep this timeline. But if they're, they're not the same people. Exactly, because they haven't become those people because that's how cause and effect works. But wouldn't they have to be undead to become the people they are in the future? But they haven't become undead yet because the foul upheaval hasn't happened. And our goal is to prevent that, so they will again. Charles started to go cross-eyed. <laughs> I will say, Jarrell. I will say, Jarrell. And it's just it's a point of clarification because it's not like this is ever something that we've ever had to establish before. Because you would have just had absolute trust in the system. But like, while you were coming up as a paladin, you were learning how to do all these things, divine sense, and this and that. You know what I mean? Like you, you learned all these abilities through the Church of Valen, right? Through the Arch Clerisy. Some of it. I from would these like people. for you to make me. A, a history check, please. Okay, I'm not bad at those. Twenty-three. No, twenty-two. Sorry. You you almost have like a moment where like you know like in in like certain movies like for the dramatic effect like when like the main character or someone has this like realization when like everything like all the pieces start to like come right. together and you all see the it hints almost and flash. clues it's all yeah. just like flashing like like uh, like just different moments and scenes in your mind right right um, now that you think of it every time you were learning like any abilities for sensing anything that was consecrated, desecrated, anything. You were always taken to a very specific like place, like, you know, part of like the 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 spire. And the arch cleric was never the one who was actually taught you those particular abilities. It was some of the other paladins that existed within the church. He was never actually present for any of that. But like you would swear, like, no, you would you would have known, right? If like the Supreme Arch Cleric were to be some sort of like undead being right like there's just like there's no way there's absolutely no way this could possibly be true except there's no evidence that it isn't true yeah um so i was trying to play this like because one of jarrell's uh oath portions um pull it up real quick um, it's my duty to respect the authority of those above me, which 
these two people in a different world essentially were were above you but now they're clearly not their authority right. uh, <laughs> one, one we will leave you alone we will leave you alone um just one thing what are your names um so popeson the man you knew the, the man formerly or futurely known as popeson um says my name is Ulfus. And that's Chip. Um, I mean, yeah, you could ap- just apologize. And, like, no, no, because I'm, I'm going to also they, heal them both. They're tied up. <laughs> it's not like they're going to be able to resist much anyway. Okay, so, like, yeah, yeah so I heal them both. Them I release them both. I apologize. <laughs> okay, so like, I'm assuming then Hedrick do breaks I have to concentration do to... on Hold Monster as well. How much, yeah, how much healing do I have to do? Um, well, for Pope's, you'll have to heal, what was it? What was the damage on uh, Synaptic Static? It was 27 for the full. So Bronson would need to be healed 27, and Popeson would need to be healed half of that, which is 13. It doesn't round up. Or rounds down. Rounds down. Okay, so Edric can cure wounds as well. Uh, I'll I'll just do well. I mean, are you I, I would save hands? that. I would save that for later. Okay. I'm just gonna heal them both and then walk away, really confused. <laughs> um, they just like well, like I mean, they they feel like the divine, like that divine healing horse wound. Just like I, I, I mean, th- thank thank you. I I I don't. I still don't understand. No, wait, no, don't go anywhere. What do you like? Hold on. There's, there, there's, there, there must be some merit to what you're saying. You've been, I heard you saying things about timelines, and 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 and, and being from the future. I'm sorry, we didn't believe you, but like obviously you are very incredibly powerful people. Um, I, we have I've never met anyone quite like you, and this has all been very confusing. Um, but like we need to, we we're just we just need to try to save as many people as we as we can. And figure out what's going on. I don't think now is the full time to explain exactly what is going on. But do the best you can. We will assist you as best we can as well. But wait, you said you're we're from the future, so obviously, like you're here because something. Like, are you? You're, you're, I'm assuming you're here to prevent something terrible from happening. Yes, but not quite. And this. that also that also means that time travel is possible. Oh, that means so many. Oh my! Everything we know could be could be wrong. And they just like look at each other. Like, you know, like almost like in, in like sort of this like horrifying astonishment as like this, obviously, like if, if, if time, like if, 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 right. if we've really proven time travel to actually exist <clears throat> and be possible, then like some crazy shit could be happening here. Right. Metrical pipe up. Look, it's just the theory. What do you I know about know. the timeline that, that they're shouting about? That these, that these, that these creatures are shouting about as they're like, as, as they're descending upon us right now. I'm, we're not quite certain. Uh, as far as we knew, there was supposed to be a massive explosion. I think we stopped that and maybe created another problem. Oh, we're doomed. Oh, we are so doomed. Uh, we're going to just go try and save as many people as we possibly can. We must protect the citizens of this city. Look, understand, the only way we get through this is by working together. So you can't just assume every person you come across is a hostile person just because they unsheathe their sword as the sky is raining destruction. 
It's a confusing time. We don't need to lecture them. Go with our blessings <laughs> and uh, save some people or something. Okay. Uh, well, they, you know, they get up, dust themselves off, and continue in the direction they were running before you chased them down. <laughs> Just wasted, like, five minutes of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> here's, so here's here's the thing, right? Like, I love that you're, everyone's, like, like, most of you, like, your first instinct is to, like, let's go, and then, like, let's attack. But then as soon as anything confuses the, like... These must be just hostile people. We just got to do something about it, right? Like, it just, like, everything breaks for you guys. It's just like, it's just like, no, wait, hold on a second. We, I, I don't want to have Gerald, a conversation. I want to murder. Jarrell like didn't I think feel, they were but... hostile, but they <laughs> did use two spells immediately on Jarrell. So everyone else definitely had, were well within their rights. <laughs> Pregnant was just confused were, and yeah. trying to be chaotic. Well, you still have a giant statue. For the, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's only for a, minute, for a minute. So yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: then, when it becomes inanimate, it's now just standing wherever you left it. So like now, this statue has literally <laughs> walked off of its pedestal and is now just standing freely, you know, like so? in the middle of like the square where you are. And so good is the point. bench. I'm just saying, you know, like you've just that seems like, displaced good. a bunch of stuff in this plaza. That sounds fine. Sounds great. Great use of resources. Honestly, I was just trying to draw attention to us to make sense of the situation. But that yeah, didn't well, work either. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of things capturing people's attention right now. Um, speaking of a giant statue attention. that was almost about to hang dong could have overridden the sky <laughs> portal. But and we're just now going to forget about this statue. And we're going to leave it behind us, and we're going to move on to the rest of the stuff that's happening here. That's actually relevant to the story. So. You look into the sky, and the you can almost see as like as the like as the the you know, Modrons are now like sort of swarming close to where those other like portals are forming up in the main portal that's showing like the realm of you know you would assume I think we've established already when you guys were in when we were all in Legradex right looking at all of the planes and portals and places to go um, one of those was Mechanus which I think after some history checks and some knowledge is the plane of pure law like like I mean like just complete like like just law and order and like everything is organized and has its place and has its purpose and it's just like it is like the embodiment of all that and that is the home of the modrons um so you you know you could assume that that's probably where you're looking up into in this like you know massive like circle in the sky that everything's just pouring out of and you're seeing that you know those crazy backdrops um you can see that what it, like, you know, getting kind of closer, like where you can kind of see, like you know, you know, almost like when you're looking at um, photos of celestial bodies, like in our solar system, like Jupiter and things like that. Like when you see like one of its moons cross in front of the photo, right? It's just almost like this, like little shadow, right? This just this little dot, just something that's kind of like you can see that there's definitely something between, you know, your frame of reference and this, you know, pretty backdrop besides just a swarm of. Uh, you know, Modron's now descending out of it, but there appears to be like a like a like some sort of larger being, um, kind of coming closer to this entry of the portal. Um, 
It doesn't look to be geometrically, like, you know, like any sort of specific geometric shape. It actually looks somewhat more humanoid. Um, and you can already see its silhouette getting very, like, larger and larger as it seems to be getting, growing closer to the uh, portal. Um, indicating this might be something that is quite gargantuan. Should we... Is there anything you're aware of that all these wizards and sorcerers, if they focus their energy, could help us? That thing is gigantic. We can't t possibly take it ourselves. Who are you talking to? Because your the friends group. that you just healed, are, uh, I was just saying, I ran away. Um, no, just, just our group. Like, do you think if Ebenezer were to gather everyone that we'd be able to put up an, a sufficient fight? How long did it take us to convince two wizards to stop hitting us? Let's extrapolate that out to how long is it going to take us to convince all of the wizards to do the same thing? Most of the wizards, well, at least a good portion of them back there, saw that I was able to um, perform a hamsterism. Um, Look, if we can get to Ebenezer, we could use the pot of casting. We also have the help of his son. His son's on our side. Uh, Pregnot made good friends with many of the teachers, especially, what was her name? A Scootleboot. Mildred. <laughs> Mildred Scootleboot is my best friend. Perhaps we could use some of the good faith that we've actually had on this round and bring everyone together. I, I feel like, you know, I can amplify the pot of casting and it, it'll cast out a pretty wide net. Mike, you're muted, by the way. He was just nodding. Oh, I was just singing, We're All in This Together from <laughs> every, every school, time. Which every is time. why I stayed <laughs> muted. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that's, you know, an idea has been added to the table. I mean, at this point, like that swarm is getting closer and closer. Like, you know, every moment that's passing, right? Like just this, it's just, it's just, it's just getting a lot closer. Um, I, will, I will say without really any checks needed, you're also starting to notice now, it's kind of hard to see obviously over the walls that surround this campus, right? In this particular like inner, you know, part of the city, but you can, you can see in the distance, like other, like uh, some other protective domes popping up in different places, sort of like at the horizon, like of your field of view, right? Like as you're looking around. So like there must be like other groups of mages ca like casting these circles of protection or these domes of protection um, over multiple parts of Ool currently. It's almost like, you know, like a, like a defense situation has been activated, like, you know, yeah, above ground bomb shelters kind of thing you know what i mean where it's just like these these massive domes of energy are starting to form all over the place and hedrix is thinking of the massive crater that we know will to be you know 160 years in the future these little domes are not going to scratch a dent on the the force that's gonna come out if it's gonna be the same force it depends on what happens here. Do, do we find Ebenezer then? Sounds not like an awfully optimistic plan. 
I mean, he's I not so. he's not hard to spot. He is currently concentrating with a number of other wizards on this particular protective dome, and he seems to be like just providing some general instructions to some of the other wizards that are like running about trying to just like keep people from panicking and like you know figuring out where they could you know where to go to 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 be as helpful as they can be. Right, cause a lot. You can see there's more. There's more and more like wizards descending out of the tower now, and you can see some of them are just like casting spells and then teleporting away immediately. There's probably a bunch that have already done that from inside, but there still are some more wizards coming out. Um, a lot of people work here. Is Filbert with Ebenezer? He is. Um, they. He appears. To, he. You actually see that the both of them are almost like back to back, like channeling this spell together. Oh, that's cute. And, and and Ebenezer is providing, like, it's like he's guiding his instructions. Like, you know, every now and again, he like holds his arm up and like, you know, to where his wand is supposed to go and corrects the movements. Um, but Filbert seems to be getting, you know, come somewhat of the hang of it. They're bonding. Um, well, the six of us goobers come walking up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I mean, like it's, no. it's 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 a chaotic scene you're walking up to. Like Ebenezer is shouting orders at some of the other wizards, like telling them, like you know, like where they're where they're needed or where to go or where to teleport to, like what sections of the city are still not covered. Um, and he's you know at the same time also telling Filbert, like you know, just like just keep it up, like don't stop. You got to keep your arm up there. Do not just do not lose your concentration. You have to focus. All right, Filbert. Now more than ever, this is the most important moment of your life here. Like, you and me, like, people are counting on us to protect them. He's like, don't worry, Dad. Like, I'm not going to mess this up. I'm not going to mess this up. He's going to mess this up. <laughs> um, I said Optimus. Jarrell uh, approaches where Ebenezer and Filbert are. Um, Ebenezer, we are friends of your son. We are here to help as best we can. I think... In any way possible, we should primarily focus on uh, attacking whatever that thing is coming out of that portal. I don't even know. Getting up there would be very dangerous. Uh, but you're, you're the dignitaries of Dr. Heise. I don't know how you know my son, but we, we have no time to discuss that right now. Um, yes, uh, uh, I've heard of your magic, your abilities. I think you just literally performed an exorcism not uh, not very long ago. I, 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 uh, oh. Sorry, uh, just a moment. <laughs> and he's like, shouts some more orders at somebody else who's like, you know, running by, who looks like they don't—they're kind of going aimlessly, you know, like you, Seventh Ward, you know, like Old Town, go now. And you see the person like cast a spell, just teleport, disappear. Um, and he says, anyways, uh, so mm, it's very dire indeed. We have the ability to communicate with what is the range on your pod of casting and uh, amplifier, Hedrick? Well, the amplifier will double the range. Um, pod. I think the pod of casting is a thousand feet by default. So it's two thousand feet. Thousand feet. I can do two thousand feet, and it lasts for an hour. Well, most of an hour. Yeah, you with our help will have the ability. Apocalypse podcast. Yeah, you with our help will be have the ability to communicate with everything within two thousand feet for an hour. 
guess I can already do that. I appreciate the offer, but we, everyone, you know, the, the people who need to know things, they're coming. We're, 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 we're giving the instructions. We're sending people out ad hoc. It's, we're just, we're still trying to make sense of where everyone needs to be. We're just trying to engage our emergency protocols for a potential invasion. It's just that we never really expected one to come from the sky. He looks very flustered. He's just like, he's like, you know, and he's also still, again, trying to concentrate. And again, he turns around and he says, Philbert, arm up. Sorry, sorry. And he just, you know, again, raises it up a little higher and continues the motions. Um, What's happening with the ley line? Uh, it's still like, you know, has that sort of helix of, you know, just like this energy, like swirling up. It's very, it's, it's, it's shining brightly. Um, it's you know it doesn't like appear to be pulsing or anything like aggressively changing with it but i mean it's, it's you know the, it's just pure energy that's just like shooting out from into the sky the, from there is the swarm anywhere near that sort of helix that sort of beam is it avoiding it or is it coming they like kind of they're, they're 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 just kind of essentially i mean because that seems like that's like the, the center of that beam is like the portal it's like sort of like widening out right and like just kind okay. of creating this 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 visual that you have so they are just kind of like following that they're not going directly into it but they're just you know descending around it and like coming straight down it's much wider right where they're coming out from than than like the, the beam which is much more narrow um uh, i mean it's still huge the, but you know filbert said that modron wanted to affect right the ley right. line I have a what about a modron filbert what what have you been doing with modrons have you have you You've been making deals with Modrons. Well, look, I don't know anything about this business, but if that's the entire gambit of this thing hanging in the balance of this magical beam, I don't know how it can be directed or redirected. The ley line or cannot off. be moved or changed. We've done, we've, we've spent all of these wizards, including uh, Aristocrates, spent so much time researching all of the ways to channel and harness this energy, to focus it into, into, into this beam that we are able to pull all of our magic from. We're currently working on the same thing in Tarantus to the south, but they've been on and off, you know, doesn't matter. This politics don't, this don't matter right now. We are experiencing an invasion. If I could offer some assistance, uh, could Philbert scry on the Modron that visited him without deflecting from the shield you're creating? Hold on. I'm sorry. You need to catch me up. Philbert, keep your arm up. <laughs> Were you visited by a rogue Modron? Uh, yeah, Dad. What did it tell you to do? It wanted me to do some some stuff regarding the ley line. It was just trying to, to escape. It said it was it was running away from you know the, 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 the other ones that were trying to hunt it down. Um, and I was well, I had some other plans too. But it doesn't matter now. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just I'm here to help. Yeah, we'll have to talk about more of that later if we survive this together. In the meantime, this is bad. What, from what I know about Modrons, Philbert, I'm up. From what I know about Modrons, the rogue Modrons are hunted down with prejudice. The realm of Mechanus is that of pure law and order. I didn't think we'd ever see a day where the, the door between our material plane and the, the plane of Mechanus would ever merge. This is worse than I could ever imagine, especially if we have a Mo rogue Modron right here on our soil. 
they will stop at nothing to terminate these rogue entities and restore order. However, that doesn't explain this whatever timeline business they seem to be speaking of. I don't, I'm not, enti- I'm not in quite sure what they meant by that, but that would imply the existence of multiple timelines, and that's a question, that's a conversation I will have to have with Dr. Heinz, whom is missing at a time like this, when we could use him and his incredibly unique and very strange skill set. He's here. I have a feeling he is nearby. Where is he? We need him. Do you have a way to contact him? Because he has not responded to any of my messages. That man leaves me unread all the time. (laughs) Hey, Pregnar, we need you to talk to Dr. Hines again. Okay. That's what I'm best at. We we might not need Pregnar specifically. Um, Jarrell will hold up the goldfish bowl. And Ebenezer says, "You must be joking. What do you? What? What? What is this? Uh, that looks like that looks like Ebe, that, that looks like Doctor Heinz's pet fish. It is. What are you doing with this fish? It's it him. Is also Doctor Heinz. Fascinating. Um, hold on a moment. And he looks at. Actually, wait. I can't cast the spell right now. I'm too busy concentrating on this. Are you able to? Is, are you? Are you? Are you? Are you, this, you, you, are, you are assuring me that this is Doctor Heinz. Filbert, I'm up. Do you have a question for him? I'll ask him a question. I can talk to him just fine. Uh, Hedrick, <laughs> could, could you? Yeah. Do can it? he turn back into a <laughs> wizard and help us right now? <laughs> I'll ask him. Uh, Pregnart uh, shifts form, uh, <laughs> and scoops his head up and over the rim of the uh, goldfish bowl and dips it in right. there. Because you are also and, liquid. And uh, Liquid metal. Wait, I forget. Did I talk in my inner you monologue in voice? No, you talked you in Aquin. It doesn't matter. Oh, you talked oh, in yeah. Aquin. Yeah. Yeah. We heard Aquin in their monologue was, yeah. It's like whatever yeah, yeah. you want it to be, honestly. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Outward, he's saying. And uh, in his own head, he's well, you hear his <laughs> in his own voice he, he, to himself. He's going, Dr. Hines, how can I prove that you are you to Ebenezer and Ebenezer Jr.? Um, what was that? What was the phrase he was repeating the first time you guys talked to him? It was... Um... Limited number of tries. Eat the fish if you want to reset. Like he just, it's like, it's the same stuff he was saying before to you. It just, it's just, he's repeating it over and over again. Just the instructions. Okay. Pregnard takes his head out he of the He says nothing more than again. that. And he says, I don't know. He's just talking about the peanut butter cups again. That's, what? Filbert. Yeah, he, um, he really uh, wants us to have if we if we screw up, if we do a mistake, he says, "Have peanut butter cup." That's what he says. Can someone else translate for me? Is 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 is, is, is he being serious? Is 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 Doctor Hines making jokes at a time like this? Doctor Hines has manifested himself and launched us to this timeline, this point in our timeline and embodied this vessel you see swimming before you 
<laughs> he keeps repeating his instructions to us, but warns us that we can only do this so many times. You see, whenever we eat this little feller, one of us swallows him, and all of us will return Get the peanut back. butter cup. Yeah, he means by that we end up in his office up in the tower, and we have to find our way out and figure out how to stop this thing. Now, we've done this a couple of times already, but this is the first time we have gotten this far, and you are the only person we can think of who is at the center of it. So wait, that explains why you were right there when the explosion happened in the tower. And thankfully, earlier we were able to avoid many casualties, which naturally would have occurred. So you see our predicament. We're just trying to save lives and the rest of this entire population. Philbert says, yeah, Dad, like, you can trust them. Like, they're, they're legit. And, you know, they found me. And apparently I had something to do with whatever terrible stuff happened in the future, too. So I just, you know, I, I just followed what, they, what they've been telling me. And, you know, we've just been trying to figure out, you know, what, what was going to happen. We, I don't think anyone expected this, though. Sorry, I'll keep my arm up. It, it's possible. I, I, I doubted that Dr. Hines can help us right now. But perhaps presenting that rogue Modron would at least resolve one of the uh, horrible, destructive forces coming towards us. Also possible that they're uh, just the extra variable we need to hold off the other two invading forces, especially once they kick off in earnest. Are you suggesting? Uh, you know we... what? Actually, I I love I love Dave's uh, comment, or I'm sorry, I love Zero's comment there as a perfect way for me to segue into the next event that is going to happen here. Oh God damn it! Um, because... finally hangs dong. No. <laughs> no. You look back into the sky from the oval-shaped portal to your west. A large black, what appears to be like a right, like right hand, gigantic, shadowy right hand emerges. From the east, a massive black scythe cuts through this tear in the sky. And from the massive Modron portal. A gigantic humanoid appears in full view, blocking the backdrop. All you, all you, you can, all you can see is mostly it's, it's just it's, it's, it's like upper body. It appears to be like a humanoid in, in, in shape and in build, and that it has like it almost looks like a metallic muscle structure, with all of these different like tendrils of like like just like of, of like uh they almost look like uh strings of of, of metal and wire and and, and it's and stuff you've never seen before just like hanging off of it and just floating in all directions and that's what we're gonna call this episode of the hapless heroes podcast whoa crazy sorry everybody 
Why do you say sorry uh, every time? Yeah, you know, because I think that was I, a good ending. Oh, I think it's a great ending too. But I know that every time I do a cliffhanger like this, I get a bunch of you know yeah. comments saying, uh, oh, "Come man. on, Fran, why you gotta do this to us?" Yeah. Fran, ignore the hate love listeners on the internet. You did it yeah. with finesse and pizzazz. I hope so. And I love you for but it. That's great. And hey, if you love me for it out there in Radioland, if you hate me, whatever, you can find us on the internet and tell us all about how you're feeling right now. Uh, we're on such places as Twitter and Instagram. It's just look for at Hapless Heroes. We're also on Facebook and Reddit. Just for Hapless Heroes podcast. Most of those places will have either something in the description or like a sticky post or something of that uh, nature that will direct you, though, to what we consider to be the crown jewel of our internet presence. And that is our Discord server. We're you can just meet, interact, live chat with us or other members of our audience and just have, it's just a great little like community we've built of people who listen to this show and people who are just interested in like RPG stuff or just sharing, you know, awesome, cool things that they're doing in their own lives and in their games and whatnot. We're giving advice on how to run games for people who've never done it before. Like we're doing a whole bunch of stuff in there. It's a really cool place to be and we encourage you to join us there. I'd like more people who don't listen to our show to join up. So if you're out they're not listening to us i want you to join our discord yes because they're definitely hearing you say this to them right now and hearing yeah we invitation. need more representation of non-listeners on discord channels i think it makes sense yeah so you know that's something you can do if you really like us but if you really really like us you could leave us a five-star review or rating on the podcast service of your choice you know get us get us trending on those algorithms people let's 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 get hapless heroes out to the masses also we also just love to read all the nice things you have to say about us. And it just, it really, it just, oh man, it just feels, makes us all feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You know, when we see a review, we talk about it amongst ourselves and we're like, yeah, we give this person a shout out and hey, listen, that, could, that person could be you. We'll talk about all the nice things you say right here on the air. And then I'm going to tell you how much of a five-star human you are. It's going to be a great little thing. So yeah, please, you know, tell us how much you love us. But another way you can show us if you really, really really like us is if you donate to sorry is donating to our patreon it's just patreon.com slash hapless heroes we have all kinds of rewards behind the scenes audio bloopers you know all that stuff go over there check out see what we got for you just you're helping keep the lights on with your donations we're you know we're using that for equipment we're even donating some of that forward to some of the content creators that help us make this show possible like tim at tabletop audio because he's just i mean over the last six years been one of the main providers of all the ambiences and all the stuff you're hearing in the backdrop as our heroes are adventuring he's really fantastic we really encourage you to check his stuff out too this is not even not even sponsored right like you know he doesn't pay us for this stuff we're not you know, we just have a cool little really little deal with each other and he's a pretty sweet dude making some cool stuff he should pay us for it. No, we pay. We, I donate Sam to him to us. use this stuff. Um, you know, but it's just it's, it's it's part of what we do. And so, like, you know, your donations are all going right back into this show. And, you know, we appreciate each and every one of you that has chosen to donate. Really, I mean, again, you are the wind in our sails. So thank you to our Patreon donors. And if you like us right now, you like us, Sally Field and the whole deal write a letter in tarantula blood imploring the reader to listen to our podcast and send it to whoever's in charge of the estate of agatha christie <laughs> <laughs> what so long yeah well that was simple i guess you know uh weird and uh sorry i guess agatha christie uh, and here's added, added bonus person. added bonus challenge 
Make the letter long enough to use exactly the amount of blood found in seven tarantulas. Oh, wow. It's very specific now. That's your extra bonus challenge. Well, you heard it here, folks. Um, that's what, I mean, that's, that's, it's the only way we'll know if you really, really love us. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and outro this wonderful cast of people that I enjoy spending my time with all the time. It's, uh, yeah, we have a job playing Lord Draw the Light. Until next time. Phil is Hedrick the Entertainer. I have a feeling this is going to get a lot worse. Zach is Pregnart. Why do people keep on calling Ebenezer Jr. Philbert? Nicole is Boris the Butcher. This is starting to look like it might be a little much to take on. Mike is Lord and Captain Quinn Southland. I am getting very good at messing with people's minds. And Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good night, everyone. I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. Tune in next week for a thrilling and stunning continuation of whatever is about to happen next. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Good night, Dave. Good night to specifically Dave. Yes, just me. Because I'm old and I'm probably going right to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Jamesies. Same.